Hey, hey, it's KJ, and I'm the host of Midwest Bias. Thanks for listening. I have a quick announcement before we move on to the next segment, and that announcement is there will be no show next week. We had four weeks in a row of shows, and I need a vacation. This is just really hard work. Okay, and now it's time for the best thing I saw all week. It's the best thing I saw all week. The best thing I saw all week. I'll tell you what, I saw my buddy, John Fitzpatrick. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. John Fitzpatrick did me a huge favor. I saw him via FaceTime helping me out in Denver. I'm looking for a used car. Actually, it's more like a car slash, basically a little little truck. One big enough that it could hold Mama's power chair, but also kind of make it up our driveway, especially in the winter, and not something expensive as a huge truck. So anyway, I found something on Craigslist that was in Denver. I don't live in Denver. I didn't want to fly to Denver to look at this car because, you know, sometimes on Craigslist things look nicer than they are. And that one of the adverti- one of the things that the gentleman wrote was, small scratch on the front passenger side. But the picture looked like it was a huge dent. And... I couldn't tell. Maybe it was the glare of the sun. The vehicle was black, if I remember correctly. Anyway, I reached out to John and asked him if he'd be willing to do me a huge favor by going to look at this car. And I felt bad even asking, uh, but I really thought I wanted, I really wanted this car. But, you know, that's a big commitment. Take time off of work, fly to Denver, look at a car that you're not sure you want. And John being John, the best, John is the best, he said, absolutely. He went there, he FaceTimed me and the owner of the car, We and John test drove it. John showed me all around the car, obviously via FaceTime, and showed me that the scratch, the minimal damage scratch was a huge scratch all the way across the side of the vehicle, big dent right where you open the passenger door, so you can't even open the door far enough without pinching the dent. Um, So the car had way more work than I wanted to put into it, and it was way overpriced for the amount of work that needed to be put into it. So that was a huge help. I did not buy the car. I did not have to go out to Denver. And John said it was very close to his house, and he was happy to do it, and I love John, and John helped me dodge a huge bullet on that. Thank you so much, John. You're just the best. Love you, man. And that was the best thing I saw all week. It's the best thing I saw all week. Okay, why don't we get to our Midwest guest co-host of the day. Time for the Midwest guest co-host. She's the best co-host of the day yeah it's the midwest guest co-host yeah you betcha she'll know just what to say well yes it is time for the midwest guest co-host of the day and i want to welcome to the program 
first time Midwest guest co-host, my friend and friend of the show. She's donated lots of beer to us. It's Minneapolis Lori. Hello, hello. Welcome, Minneapolis Lori. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. So the first thing we have to do is have you prove to us that you're qualified to be a Midwest guest co-host. I mean, where are you from? Where have you lived? Where do you live now? I think it's pretty obvious by your name, Minneapolis Lori, where you live now. But basically, right. tell the Hall of Famer why she's wrong about why you're a Midwesterner. Well, I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is on the east side of the state of South Dakota. And I know that you consider the east side of the state of South Dakota to be the Midwest, but not the west side of the state. That's so correct. I definitely qualify as being a Midwesterner because I am from the east side of South Dakota, which means I'm east river of the Mississippi River. I mean, the Missouri River, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So basically, we're not even going to address that the Hall of Famer is totally wrong, as long as I think it's part of the Midwest. I like this. Right. It's perfect. Okay, so you're from yeah, South Dakota, absolutely. but I know that that's not the only place you've lived in the Midwest. Yes. I went to college up in Duluth, Minnesota. Well, I was born in Nebraska, but you don't consider that to be the Midwest. You don't? Well, no, I do, but do you? I'd have to check the tape from episode one, but I think I said that maybe the northern half of Nebraska is the Midwest, but not the southern half. So do you, are you the northern half? Well, yes, it is northern, but it, well, I would say it was like kind of north central, maybe. I Maybe it's more central Nebraska, <laughs> right on, along I-80, so. So like Jolene Wojcik territory, Grand Island? Yeah, a little bit west of yep, west of Grand Island. Mm, so. Okay, so that's pretty borderline. But South Dakota, Sioux Falls counts. So anyway, North Nebraska, yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I went to school in Duluth, like I said, and now I live in Minneapolis, but I've I've lived outside of the Midwest as well. Yeah, you've lived in New Orleans. Yeah, yep, yep. I've lived in California, uh, New Orleans. Well, and Wisconsin. Sorry. <laughs> totally forgot about that. I've lived in Milwaukee. So that, too, is definitely, according to the Hopper, Wisconsin is absolutely yep. the Midwest. And, and have you lived in Iowa? Because that's also, according to yes. the Hopper, the Midwest. I have not lived in Iowa, but oh. my father was born in Iowa, and so I visited Iowa often throughout my childhood. Okay. And this is where your love of Casey's General Store comes in over Quick Trip? Yes, absolutely. The Casey's pizza is hands down the best. Casey's breakfast pizza, that is. And Iowa State football. So what's on the breakfast pizza? Uh, it's eggs and cheese and bacon, or you can get sausage, and some sort of a creamy sauce. It's, it's, it is very good. Highly recommend. When you've been talking to me about this breakfast pizza, I've always pictured, like... This, you can tell what I like to eat for breakfast. I've always pictured, like, cinnamon and, like, do you remember the dessert pizzas you could get from Pizza Hut or Godfather's? Oh, yeah. And they were, like, cinnamon. Right, with apples or whatever on it. I don't Some remember apples, but I just remember that. That's what I was thinking of as breakfast pizza. <laughs> no, this is greasy, cheesy amazingness. Okay, great. And you said Iowa... <laughs> 
state football, like the Cyclones or the Hawkeyes? Uh, the Cyclones in Ames, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be someone listening that will like that, Ellen. Oh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, I like to go to at least one of their football games a, a year, so good times, especially the tailgating before. Do you tailgate? Yes, tailgating is a must. Okay. I can see you being a tailgater. I mean, not as a driver, as like at a football game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I think you definitely qualify as a Midwesterner. Thank you. The hopper is definitely wrong. <laughs> right. Okay, so now we, before we move on to the Twitter talk and the questions and all that, we have to have you satisfy the Karen condition. That's right. I want to know this about everybody. How in the world do you know KJ? So just how do you and I know each other, Lori? Well, you and I are both extreme Brandy Carlisle fans. And during the COVID lockdown times, Brandy was doing online concerts and everyone had names and they were able to chat. So my name was Minneapolis Lori. And there was a bunch of people from Minnesota on the chats while Brandy was performing. Brandy and the twins were performing. And we realized that there were so many Minnesota fans of Brandy Carlisle that we decided to do a Zoom call with our Minnesota Bramley. And that's how we met over Zoom. Yes. And we would like, and I'm not just talking about the Minnesota people, but the whole chat room would be, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch these concerts because I'd get so wrapped up in the chat box that I couldn't concentrate on the concerts. Absolutely. Right. Me too. Yeah, and now we have this great little group of Minnesota Bramley, and it's just amazing. We're besties, as we say. Yes, besties <laughs> to the max. All right, so let's move on to Twitter talk. Yes. So the first from so the first one is from Todd Takei at Tooth Takei. And Lori, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but if you didn't, you might be in for all brand new tweets here that you don't know what in the heck's going on. Sounds good. I, yeah, I have to admit I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, my God. I take away the besties comment. Right. Okay. So Tooth Decay says, here's your Wisconsin sports update. The Brewers are worse than the Twins. Carry on. So I was complaining last week that the Twins lost six in a row and they stunk. Well, ever since I said that, the Twins ripped off like five or winning five out of six games. And I would take credit for that. But I, I think I have to give the credit to our buddy from the Minnesota Bramley and someone that I went to high school with and reconnected over Bramley. Melissa Shields. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Because Melissa Heck has yeah. gone to five Twins games this year, and they've won all five of them. And she got that started. The next game she went to, they won. Awesome. Great work, Melissa. Yes, definitely. Okay, now we move on to Adam Jamison at Soft Toss Lefty, who I found out is not a left-hander. But I think he said his son and his mom are left-handers. He Hmm. says, again, Lori, if you have anything to discuss here, fine. But otherwise, you may not know what's going on. He says, Toll Booth's story was epic. The French fry discussion was great. Plus, Mama paying for laundry. I heard Mama mention what she learned in Thailand. Me thinks I'd like to hear more about that. Love to hear her again. Interesting perspective from a generation or two older than mine. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Lori, Mama came on last week. Great. The French fry discussion. Maybe you have 
something to weigh in here. Where, what fast food restaurant do you think has the best French fries? I would have to say McDonald's. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, wait till you hear next week's episode because you're not alone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's was right up there. Why do you think McDonald's has the best? Do you think it's because they have, they put petroleum in it? Oh, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I just like the size of them. They're not too thick and they've got some crunch to them and the saltiness. It's just pretty good. There it They're is, good. the saltiness. We think that's the key. I do too. I think that's got to be it. Um, now, for Adam's tweets, I took a couple of different tweets and put them all together. Just because basically he said he wants to hear Mama again, and so do I. But I don't think that Mama, Mama, if you're listening, you the people have spoken. At least one person. Actually, Sandy Rohde at SKR, excuse me, at SKR, excuse me. At SK Rody says, even if you can't get her on, we may need a, quote, mama says, end quote, segment for certain topics. That's a great idea. And uh, Adam Jamison then said, yes, that could work. I'm new to the pod, but just got such good vibes from hearing mom and daughter talk about $1.50 for laundry. So great. I'm happy to hear that. Mama, see? Come back on, mama. And speaking of Sandy Rody, Sandy sent this page full of information on kolaches. Do you remember when we talked about kolaches with Michelle Pendleton from Houston? Uh, yeah. What are they again, though? I forgot. I do remember okay. that. They're some sort well, of amazing food. Because I have that whole sheet of paper in front of me, I'll tell you exactly what they are. Now, it says a kolach, or kolachi, I don't know, K-O-L-A-C-H, also spelled K-O-L-A-C-H-E, which is how Michelle said they were spelled. A kolach, a kolachi, from the Czech and Slovak plural kolachi, um, is a type of sweet pastry that holds a portion of fruit surrounded by puffy dough. It is made from yeast dough, and common flavors include quark, a dairy product, spread, fruit jam, and poppy seeds mixed with Pavidla, whatever that is. Have you ever had a kolache? I have not, but I would travel to Houston to get one for sure. Well, here's the thing, Lori. You do not have to travel to Houston. Oh. Sandy has highlighted things that I think she must want me to read. It's a little purple star mark she made next to certain paragraphs. So she says, in some parts, or this paper says, in some parts of the U.S., Klobosnik, which is also probably some other term for kolache, which contains sausage and other mm -hmm. meat, is also called kolach because the same dough is used. Unlike kolache, which came to the United States with Czech immigrants, Globanowski were first made by Czechs who settled in Texas. In contrast, Czechs' kolach is always sweet. Okay, because Michelle said that in Houston... They had sweet and savory kolaches. Right. Yep. So Sandy is highlighting that portion. And then here, this is where I thought maybe you would know what they were. Several U.S. cities, including Tabor, South Dakota, Verdegre, Nebraska. Did I say that right? Verdegre? Verdegre? Never heard of it. Neither have I. Wilbur, Nebraska. Prague, mm -hmm. Nebraska. New Prague, Minnesota, and then there's a bunch of other towns in Texas and Oklahoma. 
Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Kewanee, Wisconsin hold annual Kalache Festival celebrations. Wow. Let's go. So here we are. You were born in Nebraska. You've been to Wisconsin, and you've never had a kolache. Nope. Can't say I have, but we could go to New Prague to their festival and get one. Yeah, let's do it. We could. Or Kewanee, Wisconsin. Sure. I don't know where that is. Milwaukee. Oh, okay. It's over by your old haunts there at the Modern. Yes, right. (laughs) Modern. Modern. And Sandy highlights Haugen, Wisconsin. Also, I don't know where that is. Haugen. Do you know where that is? H-A-U-G-E-N. Nope. Haven't heard of it. Haugen, Wisconsin is the Kalache capital of Wisconsin. The village is a bohemian settlement that celebrates its Czech heritage during an annual festival called Haugen Fun Days. Kalaches are a staple of the village's festival with kalache sales, bake-offs, and tastings. Ooh, that sounds fun. We should do that. Uh, yeah, we should. Haugen, Wisconsin can't be that far away. The last thing she highlighted, a related dish is a klobonesque. L- wait, klobosnik. Okay, that's what I read about earlier, which is popular in central and southeast Texas, specifically Houston. It often uses similar bread, but is filled with a link of sausage or ground sausage. Some people also refer to these as kalache, but they are most closely related to a pig in a blanket. They may also contain ham, cheese, jalapeno eggs and bacon, sausage, potato, etc., and resemble a pig in a blanket. Czech settlers created Klobanowski after they immigrated to Texas. So we have a little bit of a controversy here, Michelle Pendleton. I believe Sandy is highlighting and calling you out that kobalaches are or kolaches are not what you're eating in Texas. You are eating klobanoskik. Kloba klobana. K-L-O-B-A-S-N-E-K. I think there's a controversy here. I think so. Either one of them I'll eat. But I think I'd prefer the sweet. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. And this one I found funny because It's someone who can attest to how we used to have laundry hanging dry in our house all throughout my childhood. Ellen Vanderlinden at Ellen VL. It's so good to hear Mama's laugh. I remember all the laundry hanging dry at your place. Funny how things change when money is involved. Yep. Touche, Ellen. (laughs) Definitely. Touche. Yeah, we used to hang dry everything growing up. Yeah. Now, this one, Lori, this one reminded this one from Jenny Robbins. And now, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've started to tweet out pictures of the Hall of Famer holding the cans of beer and modeling them to see what they look like. Yes. Love it. You do? You love it? Okay. That was uh, yeah. Sarah Schultz's idea. Well, Jenny Great. Robbins at Robbins underscore Jenny says, it's like my own little quiz show. I see the beer label and I guess everyone's ratings. <laughs> That's Even awesome. before that, she listens to the show. But but Jenny, you dropped the lead because I need to know if you're guessing correctly. Right. Now, Lori, did I tell you my ER story off air? Yes. Okay, so you know how they treated me, and you know that they wouldn't like take my temperature or listen to my lungs. Mm, maybe. Or I didn't go that far into it with you. I don't think. Maybe not that much. Okay. Well, that's what happened. I won't. I mean, it's on last week's episode, but basically, they didn't. They didn't treat me very well. They wouldn't get close to me because they knew I had COVID. I asked them to listen to my lungs. They wouldn't listen to them. Oh. I asked them to take my temperature. That was like pulling teeth. 
So I wrote a letter and I complained. Yeah. And I got the letter back and they said, we have determined that everything was done correctly. Ah, interesting. So I asked, I asked people to let me know what they thought, because I'm really going to base what people tell me. I'm going to use that to decide if I want to take this any further or not, because it's a lot of work to do that. Sure. It's pain in the butt to have to complain and stuff, but I feel like I was really wronged. And yeah. Bob Walsh well, you, wrote me. You could go to the ombudsman. Yeah. And that's what Bob Walsh says here. The ombudsman or whatever it's called. Yes. I would say go to the ombudsman. <laughs> I love it. It sounds like you're saying you remember Spuds McKenzie. It sounds like you're saying ombudsman. I like that better <laughs> than um, whatever it's, how it's ombudsman. Right. So Bob Walsh. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop. Of the week. And Bob, I want to thank you ahead of time because you are the only person to respond to this story and give me your opinion. And actually, it was Connie Walsh. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Connie, I want to thank you because basically Bob emailed me what Connie said. So he says, KJ, I conferred with Connie, who worked in a hospital emergency department during the entire pandemic, about your experience in the ER. Her comments. One, those holes. Two, it's August. August is the worst because it is the month in which the so-called doctors, in quotes, begin their residency, which means that the resident that saw you has no experience. If this should happen again, Connie says, ask to speak to the attending who is the real doctor. Did you know that, Lori? Oh, I did not know that. That is really good to know. Mm-hmm. Number three, those f***ing assholes. Number four, they were afraid of getting COVID. This is their job. Right. Totally. It is one of the risks. If they didn't want the risks, they should have become a dentist. Number five, seek out the hospital's ombudsman to escalate your complaint. There you go. Include your PCP's yeah. record, which shows the congestion in your lungs, which the resident missed because he refused to listen as you requested. Number six. Now this one makes me nervous. Call your insurance company and complain about the treatment and suggest they should not cover an $1,100 bill for Zofran. Mm. So Lori, don't you think if I called my insurance company and complained, told them not to cover it, they'd say, well, then you have to cover it? Ooh, I don't know. I've never heard of that before. So I Mm-mm. suppose they could. That would be interesting, though. Connie knows, though. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. Number seven, holes. Emphasis on the second syllable. Eight, if you are ever in this situation again, she says to call her and you will be the beneficiary of her vociferous patient advocacy. Awesome. So thank you for that, Connie, via yeah. Bob. It's... I, the reason I, it was kind of long, but gives me affirmation because I believe that I was wronged and that I should have complained. And I still believe that I should have had a better response than thank you for complaining. Yeah, no, you definitely deserve a better response. And I think now you have the go ahead to keep going higher. I do, but I don't know if I want to, it's so much energy. I don't know if I want to <laughs> take the time and effort. Yeah. And that's probably what they're hoping for. Yep. Yep. You're right. And then Bob gives it to the Hoffer. I don't think this was Connie. I think this was Bob. 
And the Hoffer's bee sting, if a kid in her school exhibited the same symptoms, she would have taken them straight to the hospital, not around while the school nurse contacted the parents. Come on, man. What are we even doing out here, man? Rejoicing that you are both okay. Yes, 100%. So I read that piece to the Hoffer and she said, yeah, touche, I guess, touche. <laughs> have you heard the bee story? I have. My goodness. Thank goodness she's okay. Yes, exactly. But I must say, I I laughed a few times when I was listening to that, though. <laughs> I mean, very scary, but it, yeah. there were funny parts to it. I mean, the whole strip off your clothes and dance around. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> now, we have talked about laundry for the last three weeks or two weeks. Yes. And Mama kind of put an end to that because that's what she was on for last week was to talk about laundry. Mm-hmm. I asked her to come on, but Ed Butt, I'm going to read this because Ed Ed Butt emailed us, and I like to, both Bob Walsh and Ed Butt and one more person emailed us, and I kind of said, you know, people don't seem to email anymore, so if you email, I'm reading it. Ed Butt, number one, it took me 40 years to convince the woman to whom I'm related by marriage to wash clothes and colored clothes separately. As a result, until 10 years ago, I could not buy white or yellow golf shirts, and I had to resign myself to the fact that light blue shirts would become blue slash gray after a few washings. <laughs> so, Lori, do you separate or do you put it all in one load? Well, I typically would do light and darks. So Together or separate? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yes. Lights and separate dark separate but if it's a small load and there's just a few light things in there I might just throw them all in okay so you're not too picky I'm not and last week I kind of said or two weeks ago I kind of said well it sounds like all the dudes throw their clothes in one and all the ladies separate or mostly ladies separate but this is wrong Ed says he wants to separate but his wife doesn't I'm with Leslie Leslie knows yeah. Then he says, number two, I have learned that cotton clothing gives up and accepts dye more readily than synthetic. It will do no harm to put a brightly colored synthetic shirt in with the white wash. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. That is good to know. So like a, I have a really bright green synthetic shirt. And I think he's saying that I could put that in with a white t-shirt and it's not going to bleed. Oh, that'd be a good test. You Is should that try how it you out. take it? I do take it that way. But you should I try should it try out. it. I don't have any white t-shirts. I don't wear white t-shirts very often. Yeah, me either. Speaking of that, do you know what a technical fiber is? I don't. What is it? So Sarah Sheltsy wrote that she put technical fibers and she also clarified to me that she uses this detergent it's called active green wear detergent. And she buys oh. it on Amazon. And technical fibers actually are, was not a misprint on Twitter for synthetic. They're called technical fibers. Oh. And my stepbrother's girlfriend, Lydia. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Lydia sent me an article of what technical fibers are. And Lydia knows because Lydia went to school for like... She was in school for textile, something in textile. Sorry, Lydia. Sure. If I get that wrong. But she sent me this whole article about 
technical fibers. Let me see if I can pull it up. I've used that um, active laundry soap that she was talking about from Amazon. Oh, you have? That stuff's good for your, if you're, if you work out, use that stuff. It's great on your clothes, your workout clothes. Oh, so that's what, I think that's what a technical fiber is, some sort of workout clothes. Okay, yeah. Oh, here we go. I won't read the whole article because it's long, but she said, I'll, I'll explain, she, it was in an email, she said, I'll explain technical fibers sometime. Then I said, why don't you come on the podcast and we'll talk about it? She said, not worth a guest appearance on the show. This is fine. And she gives me a link to a article. So I guess I'm not going to be having her on the show. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read this one portion. Technical fibers are fabrics that were created to serve a specific purpose. They aren't always the most aesthetic, but they are functional and usually made of synthetic fibers to increase functionality. Specific examples of technical fabrics include Gore-Tex, Kevlar, and even specialized versions of polyester and nylon, among others. So we're talking workout clothes. We're talking, there's a picture of a welder wearing, I bet you Carhartt makes a lot of technical fibers, don't you think, Lori? Oh, yeah, for sure. One of our favorite uh, companies. Yes. Sportswear, moisture wicking stuff is a technical fiber, fabric, excuse me. Yes. And so, yeah, you think the green activewear works well. So we have someone besides Sarah Schultze. Lori here is backing you up, Schultze. Yes, 100%. Okay, and the last thing that Ed said is everything cotton goes in the dryer. Just buy your clothes one size larger and shrink to fit. Do you do that, Lori? No, I don't do that. No, no. I usually don't do that, but I did that. Uh, Sandy Rohde sent me that shirt that says every day is ALS awareness day yeah and it was a large which it was a little too big for me so I washed it and before I got this email from Ed and I put it in the dryer to shrink it and I think it worked okay did you wash it on hot um no I don't think so I think I followed what people wanted me to do Um, Patrick Moffat and Karen Middlestad I followed it and I did tap cold okay and it worked I should have done hot yeah yeah that's great the hot may have made it shrink but too much. Who knows? I should have probably done hot. I didn't think about that. There's too much. There's too many laundry rules here. <laughs> right. When I was growing up, my dad did our laundry, which was a lot, all my friends thought that was the strangest oh, thing. It is. Why did your dad do your laundry? I don't know. He still does it for him and my mom. So, yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> He's a good man. Does your mom know how to do laundry? She does, but she would be one to put it all in at the same time. My dad is a separator. Are you trying to say that people who put it in all in one are not good laundresses? (laughs) No, no, just they're taking the easy road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. I guess I can can accept that. That's great that your dad does it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we're moving on from all of our Twitter talk and our emails to we got one question for the week. All right. And that was from Ellen Vanderlinden at Ellen VL. Do you, I think you've seen this account on Twitter, Lori. It's uh, Midwest versus everybody at Midwestern underscore Ope. I'm not sure I have. Oh, I th- okay. I thought maybe you had. Anyway, this tweet came from them. And then Ellen said, this seems like a good topic for a future podcast. Can you fit it in? She tweeted that to Midwest Bias Podcast. This is what Midwest versus everybody said. 
In the Midwest, it is customary to accept a compliment by explaining how you got the item as a, at a significant discount. Thank you. I got it cheap at Kohl's. <laughs> Do you have you ever said this before when someone said they like your shoes, for instance? Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's a little bit difficult to just say thank you, and you like to kind of explain where you got it or what what it is or whatever. I think it is just pretty common here for sure. But why? I mean, I guess I just thought everybody did that. I don't know. It's probably some sort of politeness. Oh, everybody outside of the Midwest? Yeah. Is that not true? Yeah. You know, maybe. I I mean, I should know since I've lived outside of the Midwest. Yeah, me too. I have too, but I, I don't know. Do some people just say thank you? How can you just say thank you with not following <laughs> up by with anything? No, it's weird. You know, what if it has something to do with, like, uh, thank you, and you can get it, too. I got it at a great deal at Kohl's. You can get it, too. I would not want to <laughs> ask you to spend ex- a lot of money, but if you want it, too, I got it cheap. <laughs> right. We feel the need to help others, I think. Like, yeah. Or do we feel the need to say, oh, I, I thank you, I'm... I'm happy that you think it looks nice, but I just want you to know, like, I don't spend my hard-earned cash on really expensive clothing because that might look bad. So I'm just telling you that I got it for a great deal. I didn't spend that much. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, right. like, what's the psychiatry it's, behind it's this? It's cheap at Kohl's. Yeah. yeah. Someone should research this. Yeah, because I definitely do this. But I think the reason that I do it is... I got a good deal, and I want to talk about, at first I just thought it was my family, but I've kind of learned that there are a lot of Midwesterners that are frugal, so we're kind of proud when we get a yeah. good deal. Right, for sure, for sure. And you want others to and, know about it, so, we so you want, want to share the wealth. Yeah, we want to kind of brag about it, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And when I hear that other people don't do this, I just, I don't understand. I, I just think this is something that you follow up you explain where you got it. Yeah, because you you think the other person wants to know because they like it. So you you want to you want to tell them about it. So yeah, it is weird for people to say thank oh, you. That's a good point because you think that this if this is a Midwestern thing, this could be a Midwestern passive aggressive way of saying you don't not necessarily passive aggressive, but you don't want to come right out and say hey, I like your shirt, where did you get it? This is, I like your shirt, hoping you will respond with how much you paid for it and where you got it. Exactly. But you don't want to come out and ask that because that's rude. It's a Minnesota nice thing. For sure, for sure. I think that's a psychiatry behind it. Yeah, I think so. You're onto something there. Now, with good friends like you, Lori, I I would not try to go, you know, just go around it roundabout way of asking I just say where did you get that how much did you pay for it (laughs) but not because I want to know how much money you're spending out of your checking account or your your bank account I want to know how much I have to pay for it exactly no and I would totally accept that I'd be okay with you asking (laughs) okay good good so I guess I want to know uh all the other non-midwestern listeners out there do you do this do you feel the need to tell people where you got it and how great of a deal you got all right the last thing that I wanted to read was an email we got from Jolene Wojcik, and she wrote in the email, the subject line was, no gifts, please. Oh, okay, so this is in response to the Midwest 
mediator segment that Karen and I did a few weeks back. Right. Uh, where someone wanted to know if, if you should or should not bring a gift when it says no gifts, please, on an invitation. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Okay. So after I read this, I'll ask you briefly to tell me what you think. Okay. Jolene says, I might be a little late on this. Around here, Nebraska, no gifts, please, means you bring a bottle of wine, usually in a wine gift bag. The people having the party truly do not want gifts. That's why it's on the invitation. But who doesn't want another bottle of wine? Question mark, two exclamation points. Many people drink wine. They could pop it open at the party, save it for drinking later, or if they are not wine drinkers, they can re-gift it to someone else. If the party is for someone we know fairly well, we'll bring a pretty nice bottle. If it's someone we're not that close to, any bottle will do. Except, she writes in parentheses, not Boone's Farm or TJ Swan, though. Those are bad 80s wines. I'm sure your listeners remember. <laughs> but a nice $15 or so bottle. Besides, it's, a, it's the thought that counts, right? Cheers, heart emoji. First of all, what do you think of this, Lori? Do you think that we need to bring a bottle of wine when it says no gifts, please? You know, I do like to do that. I think it's just a nice thing thing to do I mean if it's I don't know I guess maybe I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of like a dinner party or something you you have to show up you can't show up empty-handed it feels weird even even if it says no gifts please it just feels weird to not have something okay so you bring uh have you brought a bottle of wine oh yeah well this is disappointing I think the next time that I invite you over here I need to write in parentheses no gifts please (laughs) so I can get something out of this deal yes absolutely (laughs) so this goes back to the same thing about the coals yeah it does it's a i mean it's like reverse psychology here (laughs) no gifts please is code at least in nebraska for no gifts but i'll take a bottle of wine (laughs) absolutely this is what i'm talking about i don't want codes if you want a gift just say bring a bottle of wine it's a wine party (laughs) right oh yeah i mean if you want to know how much my Kohl's, my, my shoes I bought at Kohl's cost, ask just ask me. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah, I I think it is. Bringing a bottle of wine, even if they say no gifts, it's a good thing to do. So, I mean, this might, because, this might be because of your Nebraskan roots. You both feel this way. Maybe. It's in the blood. I guess. And speaking of the Midwest mediator, let's you and I mediate something this week, okay? How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it. It's the Midwest Mediator. It's the Midwest Mediator. Send your quandaries now, not later. To the Midwest Mediator. Because it's not for a ruling right now. All right, so we got an email asking for us to mediate this. Basically, the question is, is it appropriate or fair to get angry with someone, probably your partner, I would think, for something they do in your dream, like they've done something bad in your dream? Uh, In this particular case, (laughs) this person cheated on the other one in their dream. Is it appropriate for you? Like, if I dreamt that the Hall of Famer cheated on me in my dream, can I wake up in the morning and be (laughs) pissed off at her and tell her I'm mad at her? Is that appropriate? Uh, I mean, you could... you. You could, but you should probably get over it pretty quick. And 
tell her that, I mean, obviously tell her exactly what the dream was and why you're feeling a bit upset, but uh, get over it pretty quickly. Don't harbor that. So have you ever done this or been the recipient I, you know, of the I anger? No, I don't think I have. I cannot say I have. But, I mean, I've heard of that happening. And it's like, it's just a dream. Get over it. So you kind of think that's ridiculous for someone to get mad and and uh, <laughs> carry it yeah. out all day. Yeah, too much wasted energy. That's Yeah, yeah. I, I can mm. see that about you. You, you have positive and good energy. This can't, You can't be having this drag you down. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. Not necessary. Yeah, but what if you... Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just tell you right now that I have done this. I've gotten mad at the Hall of Famer probably <laughs> three or four times for a bad dream I've had about her. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how long and, are you mad for? Um, usually, I'll get over it, you know, fairly soon after we've gotten up for the day, half hour maybe, 20 minutes. Okay. But I'll be so... It'll be so at the, you know, I'll wake up and sometimes I'll have like dried tears in my, down my cheek because I'm crying in my oh, dream. Oh, sad. So like, it's so yeah. real that you look over at that person uh -huh. and you're like, I can't believe you did that. I'm mad at you. Right. But it, yeah, it goes away yeah. fairly quickly because you know that they didn't <laughs> actually do it, but it sometimes you just... Most right. of my dreams, I don't remember anything, but sometimes it's just right there and you remember it and it's so real that you're like, I can't believe you did that to me. How could you possibly do that to me? And the thing yeah. about the Hall of yeah. Famer is she doesn't say, it was a dream. I didn't do it. It's a dream. I mean, she probably has said that, but usually she'll say, I'm sorry I did that to you in your dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And that helps um, me get over it really fast because <laughs> even if I'm pissed at her for a dream for crying out loud, she's like, I'm sorry I did that. I'm I'm really not like that as a person, but I'm sorry I did it. And then she'll like rub my back and pat me a little bit and then everything will be okay. Yeah. And I think it's necessary for her to say, I'm sorry I did that to you in your dream. Exactly. Like, <laughs> she, she should not reiterate yeah. the fact that it was not real. Yeah, she should not say, I'm sorry I did that to you, because then I will start thinking she actually did that to me. Yes, yes, in your dream. Yeah. Did you know that the dreams that you remember, my understanding is it's the last dream you had before you woke up. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah, and so, especially if you got dried or even wet eyes, you know that that was the last thing you've right. done. Right. Have right. you ever woken up crying from a dream? You know, I don't think I have. I just, I don't remember a lot of dreams. It's weird. Okay. That's good. And I don't, I don't know if you're dreaming constantly during sleep or if there's ever just nothingness sleep. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's but a lot of nothingness. I don't know. But I think you dream a lot more than we, than we think we dream because we don't remember anything. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a dream where you're feeling you're loving the dream. It's a wonderful dream. And you do not want to wake up? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I know I've had those. Yes. I mean, obviously, eventually you want to wake up, but you don't, you're not quite ready. Like you'll be awoken, got to go to the bathroom, and then you're like, oh, I got to yeah. get back to sleep. I want to get this dream going again. I want to see what happens. <laughs> right. 
right. What's going to happen next? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah, I know I have. I just can't remember what they were about. But for oh, yeah. sure I do remember I can't that. remember them either. But yeah, I think uh, as far as this goes, I don't think it's fair or appropriate to necessarily get angry with someone. But I certainly understand it. And I think what is appropriate to do is to say, I know it's ridiculous, but I'm kind of upset right now. I know you didn't do this, but this is what happened, and, and I'll get over it. Right. Yeah, I but, think that's a good way to do it. Because that gets you to get it out, too, by talking about it a bit. Yeah. And then process it and get over it. Yes. And, but you certainly shouldn't be mad at the person or carrying any grudges for something that you dreamt that they did. No. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how serious this question was, but hopefully the person that sent it doesn't stay mad for long. Like you said, too much negative energy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Let it go. I know it sounds like I'm high maintenance because I do get angry about dreams sometimes, but I don't think I am. No. (laughs) Hey, it happens. It's okay. It happens. Okay, do you have, oh, one thing I wanted to, I ju- I learned from you earlier today that tomorrow you're going to the state fair. Yes, I am. The Minnesota State Fair. I'm so excited. What foods are you planning on getting? Well, I'm definitely getting the Pronto Pup. And oh. that is a, a must-have at the Minnesota State Fair. There's Pronto Pup stands throughout but I'm just going to get one of them and just, and what they do is they have these paint brushes that they use to paint on ketchup or mustard or both. And, uh, I don't like mustard. So mine will just have ketchup and they brush it on like two sides of the corn, well, the pronto pup. It's, it's basically a corn dog, but it's the breading is what makes it. So it's, it's just really good. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. I'm going to get the corn. Oh, got to get okay. the corn. Yep, the, the corn butter. on the cob that you hold by the bottom piece and you just yep. eat the corn off the cob. Yep, yep. It's amazing. So those are the two things for sure that I'm getting. I'm not so big on, I mean. Oh, hang on. We got Rue. We got, we got the Hall of Famer just walking in the door. And we got Rue barking at the Hall of Famer right. saying. I'm home. She's home. She's home. Yay. There she is. The Hall of Famer, can you so can you um, confirm or deny that I may have gotten mad at you once or twice uh, for something you've done to me in your dream? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. She woke up real angry at me. <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh. <laughs> yes, real angry. Yeah, oh. but real anger that didn't last Funny. that long. Okay. I apologize. She apologized, she said. See? I'm not lying. Okay, so but I need to go back before we end this before we end this conversation. Pronto pups painted with uh-huh. mustard and ketchup. They paint it on the side like they yep. actually use a paintbrush. I think it's a little brush, yeah. It looks like a little paintbrush. Oh. How is it like I mean that's from what I remember from last year and the years before, so I will know. Okay. I'll I'll look again tomorrow but i'm okay I'm sure that's maybe take is. a picture of it for me yeah okay okay i will slathered how much i mean are we talking a thin layer or like slathered ketchup <laughs> it's not thick it's yeah it's it's more it's thin 
I mean, if you okay. want it, if you want a lot, they definitely will do that. So you can get what you want, which is good. So Pronto Pop and yeah. Corn, that's the only two, like, go-tos every year? <laughs> they are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people go to the Minnesota State Fair for the food, so I feel funny just saying those two things. But there's lots of other things of, or food items available, and, and there's always new things available. And I, uh, yes. I don't really – I don't pay attention so much to that. So as long as I get my corn in my pronto pup. Oh, well, Rachel reports does. Yeah, I know. So she is, yeah, she's the good go-to for that for sure. Yeah, she'll report on what she eats and how she likes it next time she comes on. Yes. Okay, do you have one, do you have any other things that you do non-food related every year at the state fair? Uh, Go see the animals. I like okay. the animals. Do you do the giant slide? Oh, yes. The giant slide. Yep. Got to do that. Oh. Yeah. One year I was on the giant slide and they had the hot tub people across the way from it. And I went over and looked at the hot tubs and I was pretty close to getting a hot tub <laughs> from the fair. I believe and, it. Uh, I am so glad I didn't. But they were, they had such good deals on them. I yeah. couldn't, it was hard to resist. You can get good <laughs> deals at the fair. Yes, yes. I thought you were going to say the hot tubs were down at the bottom of the slide, and when you flew off the slide, you <laughs> landed in the hot tub. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yes. Okay. Totally. Well, I, I went on the giant slide once, and I got a, a sliver in my butt from the potato oh. sack, and I'll never yes. do it again. Shoot. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, now before you go, we've reached that point in the show where we start asking, right before we leave, we start asking the wheel questions. Minneapolis Lori, are you ready to spin the wheel? I am. Let's do it. I'm going to review for anybody that might not know. I will spin a wheel with randomly generated numbers one through five, and whatever the wheel lands on is the question you get. One through okay. five. All right. Here we go. The number that it has landed on is question number five. What's the greatest piece of advice anyone ever gave you or that you gave someone else? Well, I think it's great advice. My advice is to never go to bed angry. Oh. And I've given that advice to someone's at someone's wedding where they uh, ask for advice because I feel like you should always work things out before going to bed because if you go to bed angry, you're not going to have a good night's sleep, and that's important. And it just makes life better to not be angry and trying to sleep. <laughs> Do you think that if you don't work out your problems before bed, that you might have a bad dream that the, the person you didn't work out your problems with did something bad and then you wake up twice as pissed? <laughs> yes, I suppose that could be the thing that would happen. It would be double bad. Yeah, this is all coming together now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and so when you say you've given this advice at weddings, have you done that, like, 
if you sign a guest book and they ask for advice or if you sign like we had a canvas picture that we asked people to sign and they they oh. gave little bits of advice or did you give this in some sort of best woman speech <laughs> uh this was where you like write the advice on a sheet of paper and you put it into i think it was a jar that they had or some some sort of glass something or other that people were throwing their advice things into for the couple so yeah yeah i think that's good advice too because for me i can't just fall asleep if i'm angry no or if i feel like i've wronged sure. that other person yep yep but so if you can some... resolve it beforehand yes for shutting your eyes <laughs> I so much better. That's how I sort of think because I just can't let it go and then I'll just sit there all night and my my head will be spinning. But I have, you know, I'm not going to, without too much detail, I'm going to say that someone else that I know doesn't have a problem. Just, okay, I'm done with that. I'm going to bed. Zonk. (laughs) That's funny. I can see that. So would you, it sounds like you and I have different, um, we go the different way than Brandy Carlisle on this one. Oh, what does she do? Well, you know the song Party of One. This is one of my favorite Brandy yes. songs. Yes. And th- there's that lyric. Uh, let's see. How does it go? You should always let the sun go down on your anger. Let it burn you to sleep. So All she right. goes the other way. Yes, she does. She, she does. wants to go to bed angry so that she's fumed. She gets it all fumed out and in the morning it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you can process all that stuff during the night. Yeah. Mm. Sounds hot. I mean, rough. (laughs) Hot too, yeah. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, totally. I love it. You're the first person that has, I think only one other person landed on that one. And I think, let's see, did that person also give advice or say what they, the advice they got? I I think it was that they gave advice too. All right. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Do you want to do another question? Sure, we can try. Okay, let's do it. It has landed on number one. God, it always lands on number one. Here is number one. I've heard Runza sandwiches are a Midwest. I should say this again because I always say sandwich. I always call it a sandwich. Sandwich. Yes, yes. I've heard Runza sandwiches are a Midwestern thing. Um, As far as food is concerned, is there anything besides a Runza that you consider to be a Midwestern food? Besides the Casey's breakfast pizza and before you answer that tell me have you ever had a runza being that you have nebraskan roots you know i have never had a runza but i've seen yeah i've seen the runza stores because i've i think there's one in shadron nebraska where i have frequented because i have family there my grandfather is 99 and he's still there and doing relatively well as a 99 year old but Anyway, there's That's a Runza. Uh, at least there was the last time I was there, a Runza store there. But So you've been in a town with a Runza and you still haven't gone. Yeah, I just don't think I would like them. I'm pretty picky in terms of, Oh, I mean, some things I don't like. So I'm just, I'm not too adventurous with food. Well, the, the onion rings are pretty good there, I'm told. Yeah, and I, I don't really like onions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, all right. I think yeah. you can be forgiven for not having a runza. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. 
But before we go on, I think I need to correct myself. I think I said the eastern half of Nebraska and maybe just the northeast of Nebraska is Midwestern, but I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. All right. So what would you say is a Midwestern food? Well, I'm going to bring it back to my uh, fair excitement for tomorrow. I would say corn on the cob. Well, yeah, that's good because I don't, I don't think that they grow corn in South Carolina, for instance, do they? Right. I don't think so. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. I love corn on the cob, but let me, I mean, I was expecting you to go fair food Yeah. because obviously, but do they, when you go to, because there's no way I'd want to eat this corn without any condiments. So when you go there, do they come, do they take a paintbrush and slather butter on? Or do you have that option to slather butter and throw half a gallon of salt on? Because that's what I would want. Yes, you can get butter. I feel like they dip it. I don't think they brush the corn. There's a, I don't know, I'm going to, I'll see it tomorrow. But I, I, I think that there's like these jugs of butter that they dip them into. And then they have these salt shakers all around. So you can just shake as much as much salt as you want on on the cob. But I feel like they dip it into the butter. If you want the butter, I think they dip it, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm, I ne- I will need to know this. Yeah, so yeah, send me a picture of that too. Will do. Okay, so one more thing before you go. Is there, in besides the corn on the cob, which you think is the Midwestern food, which I agree, besides the pronto pup and all that stuff we talked about before, anything else you're going to do at the fair? That you must do. Yes. You know, I've never gone into the agriculture building. And so I'm very excited about going into the ag building tomorrow because one of my coworkers submitted carrot cake for the carrot cake competition. And she had to use uh, honey and something else as part of the ingredients. And she ended up winning the blue ribbon. So I am going to go look for her cake with the blue ribbon so I'm super excited about going to the agriculture building okay (laughs) if there's ever a reason to go to the agriculture building it's carrot cake blue ribbon winner yes absolutely this might get me to go to the fair because I love carrot cake is she only going to be there tomorrow no it's the cake has been there since day one and does she have to keep making the winning cake or does somebody else take the winning cake recipe and make it for her no, she made the one cake and then they put it, apparently put them into these glass cases that are refrigerated. So they sit in there for the full 10 days or whatever of the state fair. Oh, you can't eat them? You just look no. at the cake? You just, yes, you just look at them. Oh. Admire the cake. Okay, forget it. <laughs> if I have to go look at it, but I can't eat it, that's just torture. Right, I know. I know. What a good friend you are. You're going to go see this cake and not eat it? Right. You're going to see the cake and not, what do they say? Have your cake and eat it too? You're going to see the cake and not eat it. Right. I'm not this time. However, I think she may make it for our office. So we'll see. Okay. Well, if she makes it for your office, there must be at least one leftover piece that you could, you know, bring to me where I, after I, you know, Lori, you are invited. You are cordially invited to my house for a dinner party. Parentheses. No gifts, please. And maybe I'll get a piece of carrot cake. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Okay. All right. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining me. I know that this was very last minute for you. You had no idea what was coming at you. You didn't listen to last week's show. I'm that's not that's not a criticism. That's just I know you're busy, but you didn't know half the stuff we were talking about. So you were a great sport and I can't wait to have you on again. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Thanks for having me. And I hope you had a great Central Standard Time. I absolutely did. Thank you. Taste test with the Hall of Famer. Well, yes, it is time for the taste test with the Hall of Famer. And we, well, first of all, welcome back, Hall of Famer. Thank you. We are in a partially undisclosed location somewhere in southeast Minnesota, in the wilderness, camping. In the Driftless region. In the Driftless region, that's correct. We So you are hearing nature. We have a creek, or a creek, depending on where you're from. You might hear the water flowing beautifully. We also have many crickets. And we tried to make a fire, but the firewood that was provided to us is wet. And we forgot our fire starters, so we just could not get the fire started. Very, very defeating. We didn't come prepared. So we are going to do two beers tonight because the third beer did not get in the cooler, and it is hot, and that would be breaking the decay rules. So I'm going to let the, the Hall of Famer take over, and the first beer is from... Kim Wilson. Market Woo-hoo. Day IPA from Eastern Market Brewing Company. And oh. Yep, and that is uh, we had we had this, one of these yep, last Ferndale week. Ferndale Project in Royal Oak, Michigan. Oh, we have a Midwestern beer. <laughs> Made with pineapple. It is a IPA, oh, and I yuck. told I told Kim I said, well, I don't generally like IPAs, but she said this isn't like a true IPA. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So the the label is yellow with some baby blue on it and it's a picture of a building eastern market it must be maybe where they brew it now and it's an old building that's just a little guess here all right it breaks it up into categories the style a session new england style india pale ale only 4.9 percent alcohol Mm -mm. by volume so i could have about seven of these i'm not gonna like this at all um hops citra simcoe El Dorado, malts, two-row, I think it says, oats and wheat, and adjuncts, pineapple. Now, we are doing this in the utter darkness because we have no fire. We brought the solo stove. No, there it is. No fire. There are some beautiful little jars, mason jars, that have been hung up by the campsite director, owner, and they look like they have, they look like fireflies or lightning bugs, but they're not. They're probably just lights, but they look very pretty. We are sitting among the bluffs, like I said, next to a creek, crick. It's it's very buggy out because we're using our cell phone lights to look at the can. So we're gonna quickly review the rating system. Okay. So the Hall of Famer can probably turn off your light oh. right now to get the bugs out of here. It's probably okay. a good thing we're only doing two beers because right. there's a lot of bugs going on and we have no fire. It is very scenic here, though. And it's very calm. No wind yeah. at all. And probably, what, 75 degrees? Maybe 70? Uh, yeah, probably about 75. 75 and gorgeous. Oh, she's yep. checking it's out the watch. 75 degrees, 4 mile an hour per wind, 
mile per hour yep. wind. But I really, honestly, there's no wind here. All right, let's get to the ratings. So okay, zero is ish. One, criminy. Two, ufta. Three, it's interesting. Four, ah, geez, it's good. And five, yeah, betcha. Okay, here we go. Definitely smells hoppy with a little tint of with, pineapple. With a Oh man! Oh, she doesn't like. Oh, Kim! Oh no! We were and we were planning on doing this session via Instagram Live, but our cell phone reception is not good enough down here, and neither is the Wi-Fi, because we are the furthest campsite from the barn. And we also are breaking another TK rule: we did not bring the Storm Cloud Brewery gla- glasses, so we're drinking directly out of the can. Hoffer, right. what is your rating? Your face would mm. indicate zero to two somewhere. I'm, I'm in giving there. it a two. Oh, I like Lifta. the I like the little um. It, it, there's almost a grapefruit grapefruit taste to it. Oh, but I'm it's not gonna too, like that. I don't like it's grapefruit. It's too um too hoppy for me. Okay, my turn. You and I I will say you took two sips. Actually, I took three. Wow. Yeah. You, you really were talking wanted, too long. You really wanted to give it more than a two. Yes, I did. All right, here we go. Ooh, it stinks. It stinks. <sighs> What's it stink like? That IPA nastiness. <laughs> yep, I taste grapefruit. I don't taste yeah, pineapple. Right? I taste grapefruit. I will say, Kim Wilson, it's better than most IPAs I drink. So you're right about that. I would also give it a two. Okay. Ufta. Hmm. Nobody wins that round. So neither one of us would order that. Nope. Okay. All right, next one. But thank you, Kim. And this one is from Sarah Schultze. And this one is from? Uh, it's from Hinterland. And oh, I believe yeah. we had one from this company we before. Did, Hinterland. The, the H with the yellow yes. circle around yep, it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's uh, kettle soured wheat ale, pork barrel Ugh. aged with cherry juice. Ugh. Yes, please. Wheat, wheat ale, though. Mm-hmm. I like it. And where is it I from? Like it. Isn't this the Green Bay one, Hinterland? Uh, yes. Green, Green Bay. Bay. We have a Midwestern beer. It most certainly is. Choose adventure. In beer and life, there is no choice. There is a choice. And there is no choice. There is a choice. Hmm. The tired and trodden or the adventurous and bold. We choose adventure. Congratulations. You did too. Okay. That All was right. the same. I remember uh-huh. that. I do yep. too. I and do it's too. Called, did you already say this? For fruit's sake? Yep. Because I kind of oh, like the I name of that. I don't know if I did. For it's fruit's for sake. called For fruit's sake. Oh, the alcohol by volume is covered up. Oh. But not, oh, 6.1% alcohol oh. by volume. Nice. All right. The the can itself, so yeah, so it says for fruit's sake, it is a black label with like cherry, deep cherry color mm-hmm. with cherries on it. Right off the vine, it looks like. Let's go ahead and uh, give this one a go. What's it smell like? Oh, Definitely smell the cherry, but almost, oh, is that a hint? A hinterland of bourbon? <laughs> Ooh, if it is, I'm going to like it. Uh-huh, let's give it a if go. If it is, I'm going to like it. Oh, oh boy. You can definitely taste the bourbon. Like a, you can? the oak, yeah, the oaky bourbon. Ooh. You don't oh. usually like bourbon. What do you think no, of that? No, but with the cherry and the beer, that's excellent. That's a five. Oh, you betcha. You betcha. Wow. That's excellent. Oh yeah. I would I would want to buy not just I wouldn't just order it. I would want to buy a six pack 
Mm. For sure. I think we're going to have to go to this brewing company, Hinterland, in Green Bay. I do, too. Because the last one, I think, Sheltsy had us try, we also liked from oh. Hinter- Both of us. Yeah, it's on. Now, I'll have to taste this, because if you liked it, it's usually not me. That Usually, I don't like it. Mm. I forgot to smell it. Let me smell it. I, we're already breaking in enough decay <laughs> rules tonight. We're drinking out of the can. Well, um, that's how it goes. It's not com- when camping. They're, they're not completely cold. We do what we can. Yeah, it it smells fruity. I can't. Okay. I can't. Fruity's good. Narrow it down to cherry that I mm. that I know that that's. Mm. All right, here we go. Round two. I already took a sip, but I didn't even give it time to evaluate it because I needed to go back to do the decay rules. Well, we might be fighting over this oh, one. Oh, dang it. Huh. I this mean, that's a, great. Way th- to go, Hinterland. This is a five. Oh. You betcha. You betcha. Yeah, this is really good. And I don't like wheat ales. But you can barely taste, like, the wheat ale itself. There's yeah, just, it's it a flavor like a, explosion. It tastes like a sour beer. Or maybe yeah. a, 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 some sort of really good cider. Mm-hmm. Like a tart I mean, beer. I mean, for fruit's sake, I never thought I would like a wheat ale. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Sheltsy. Thank you, Kim Wilson. We wish everyone a, a happy holiday weekend. It's the last weekend of summer before school starts. Thank you for joining me tonight and starting off our camping weekend. You're welcome. Had a great Central Standard time. All right. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's the podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Midwest Bias Pod, and you can email your questions and comments to MidwestBiasPod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review and subscribe or follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Overcast, that's where I get my podcasts. And no, Overcast is not a sponsor of this podcast yet. But Best Rubber Stamp is... Thanks so much to Best Rubber Stamp and Christopher Giannini and all the folks over there. You can find them at bestrubberstamp.net. Email them at stamps at bestrubberstamp.net or give them a call at 901-278-4500. Mention Midwest Bias, get 20% off your first order. And especially be sure to rate and review this podcast if you really like it. If you don't like it, no worries. Don't even waste your time. Really, it's fine. So thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Bye now. It's just a dream. Get over it.